Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode on Let's Talk About Us with Uche. I am your host, Uche. If you're new to my channel, please make sure to download, subscribe, share with your friends and family. If you're new to my YouTube channel, please make sure to subscribe and hit that bell notification so that anytime I upload a video, you'll be the very first to be notified. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my very first panel discussion. So today we're going to be talking about a very um, important topic that I've been meaning to talk about for a while moving from Nigeria to America, and it's important that we get real about this transition. And the reason why I want to talk about this is because I feel like there's a lot of misconception between both countries, both Nigeria and America. A lot of Nigerians move to America completely oblivious of the system in, in America. And when they get here, the harsh reality hits them by force. So the point of this podcast, or at least this ep episode, this, uh, this panel discussion, is to talk about some of those things in hopes to better understand both countries, living in America, living in Nigeria, and better prepare people moving from Nigeria to America and moving back from Nigeria, or moving back from America back to Nigeria and help them prepare them for the reality in both countries. So we're going to start by um, introducing ourselves. Can you guys please introduce yourselves? You can be anonymous if you want to. You can also use your full name if you want to. Just give us like a quick 30 seconds introduction of yourself. Oh, okay, okay, uh, quick one. Uh, my name is Hope and uh... I'm a Nigerian by birth, and I've been living in America for a couple of years now. So I'm originally from Abia State, and it's been fun so far. It's been challenging so far, but all the same, uh, it's been a wonderful experience so far. So, and I'm happy to be here with my friends. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much, Hope. And you, sir, could you please give us a quick introduction of yourself? I live in Nigeria, but I have lived in the U.S. at two different times in my life. So I went to school in America, uh, and then I have also lived there for a year, uh, more recently when I, when I used to work. Um, so I guess maybe that perspective would be quite useful for this conversation. Thank you both of you for joining me on today's panel. This is my very first panel. I'm really excited about, about this panel. Um, so of course, everybody knows me as Uche, the host of this podcast. I am Nigerian American. I was originally born in Nigeria in Abia State. And I moved to America at 15 years old when I was, I moved to America when I was 15 years old back in 2007. And I've been living in America ever since. And um, yeah, so after living in America and having lived in Nigeria, I, I wanted to talk about some of the differences that people like myself who have moved from Nigeria and back to America or who have moved from Nigeria to America have been noticing. And I feel like it's important that we share these information, the truth about living in both countries to the people in Nigeria. So I do want to ask both of you, could you please share with me how you came to America? You can give like a quick brief explanation, what kind of visa type you had, or were you born in America? You know, how did you move to America from Nigeria? The first time I came as a student on a student visa. Yes. And the second time I came as a intercompany transferee on the L1 visa. Yeah. Okay. So that's a work I, visa. I only, yeah, that's a work visa, yeah. So I only have a Nigerian citizenship, and I've always only had Nigerian citizenship. So you've actually never had a visa to um, allow you to permanently live in America. You were just always here, either visiting, going to school, or working. Yeah, basically, yeah. 
So all these different types of visas, I'm guessing they have different processes, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Hope, how about you? How, how did you come to America? If you can give it like a quick description of how that happened. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can do that. So I came to uh, America as a student and uh, ended up loving it here. So I converted my visa to a uh, res uh, permanent resident. And, uh, as, as, uh, and currently, I'm an American. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but I, I basically came here to uh, study and ended up loving America and I decided to stay. So right now, yeah, I'm an American citizen. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah, thank you. All right. So how was the, the um, immigration process? How would you describe both of your immigration process? I know that there are different, because of the different kinds of visas, there are different kinds of requirements for each type of visas. You know, like if you're migrating as uh, with an immigrant visa, the process is different from a non-immigrant visa, you know, the visitor visa, the tourist visa, the work visa. How was that for you? Especially for you because you've been here multiple times and with two different types of visas. How, how was the process for you the first time and um, the second time you were renewing your passport? How, how was the immigration process for you? And what do you think, what are some of the factors that affect the immigration process in Nigeria? Okay, for me, uh, probably I, I, I have not had the uh, extremely typical experience, but I will just say what mine was. It was it was pretty straightforward. The first time I, yeah, it was a it was a pretty straightforward arrangement. I had admission and then we made the applications. My parents did that on my behalf. I wasn't really involved in. I was quite young at the time, so I wasn't really involved in all the all the processes. I only went for the interview and showed up and then you know did all of that and then. Um, so that was pretty straightforward. Uh, okay. The second time was also when well, I was coming as a my I was coming to a branch of my company in 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 Houston. So that too was, like I said, it was also pretty well arranged. I I mean I wasn't I mean we have a service that takes care of all the application. You just have to fill the form and then then you just go. And then they give you all the documents you need to present, and then you you, and then they would issue the visa. So I I I, I mean that that is not the typical experience most people have, I would imagine. Uh, but that that was my experience anyway. Uh, okay, so interestingly, you said that the both times, the first time and the second time you came, um, it, it, it was pretty much stressless. And this is not really what I'm used to Nigerians associating coming to America with, you know, because I've heard so many things about people trying to try so hard to come to America, the denials, you know, the back and forth paperwork. It's very stressful. So what, do you mind sharing with us why yours was probably, was, do you mind sharing with us why yours was as stressless as it was or straightforward as it was? Are there some privileges that you had that most Nigerians may not necessarily have? I, the first time around, my parents, I guess they, they, they were, they had the necessary documentation to support my application and it wasn't uh, too problematic uh, in the sense. 
uh, I, I really don't remember a lot of I was I don't really don't remember what was really needed at the time, but I'm sure they were able to provide all that was required um, fairly comfortably. Mm-hmm. Like bank uh, statements and, and you know, probably and things like that. Yeah. Because that's not the normal route most people come to America. You know, most people have to toil, especially people from the East. You know what yes, I mean? Yes. So how about you? How, how was your the immigration process for you? How many times did you try? And uh, I tried one time. So, no, no, I, uh, I take that back. I tried try, uh, twice. So I went there the first time. Uh, I, I went to... I went to Abuja. I was denied. Basically, I wasn't even asked no question. So I just got to the counter. They, uh, they, I think it was a, was it a guy or a lady? I can't recall for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So when I got there, uh, let me use a he, you know. So I, wait, I think, I think he was a guy. Yeah, I think he asked me uh, what I'm going to do. I told him, yeah, it was a guy the first time, yep. Uh, a guy in his late, uh, late 30s, so around 36 or 7. So asked me what I was going So the first question was, uh, why are you going to America? I'm going to study. Uh, which school? I told him. He said, uh, then he basically just gave me, handed this white paper down to me, like... Uh, uh, this time, uh, fortunately, you're not uh, eligible for an immigrant visa. Go and reapply. I think that was his exact word, that I should go and reapply. Did so, he tell you, did, did you give you like an exact reason why you weren't? Applying? No, no. And I wasn't one of those uh, nosy people to start. Like, you know how they tell you oh, when they mm-hmm. deny you, you ask why you were denied. And um, so I wasn't. I wasn't one of those. And I would say it had to do with uh, the way I was raised. You know, we were raised to no question authority, uh, sort of. Okay. Yeah, so he, when he gave the paper to me, I basically just thanked him and walked out. So I came out, I was so devastated. And I couldn't see what was wrong because I had all the right documentation. Uh, I, and I felt like you could have even asked me questions to explain myself and let uh, tell you the reason why I'm going to study and, you know, just pick up my brain and see what I'm yeah, made up yeah. of. So he, I, was, I didn't get a chance to do that. So I went back. That was, um, I think that was sometime in, in November. Or that was sometime in October or November of, uh, of that year. And so the next year, I went back again. I deferred my admission to to summer. Then next year, I went, uh, the next year I went back again. And by this time, I was finishing my uh, my degree, my bachelor's. So I went back again. And uh, uh, then yeah, when I got there, the lady. This time it was a lady. It was a lady, an average lady. I think she was not too old, probably in the young thirties too, or late thirties. So. This lady dealt with me. She grilled me with questions. And that is why I always tell people to uh, 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 pray that they ask you questions when you go for uh, visa interviews, especially American okay. visa. Yeah, pray that they ask you questions. And pray what difference that you does have, that make? So that could help you prove yourself. Okay. 
Yeah, because if I could drill, if I could uh, drill you, like if I could ask you more questions and you prove to me that you could answer those questions, I'm, I should be, I have no choice than to be uh, convinced about you. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, so I always tell, that's what I, I advise people to pray that they ask questions. So yeah, they, that lady asked me questions ranging from why I'm going to America, what I'm going to study. I told her, she told me, why am I going to study that particular thing? Why not the uh, other things? I told her why, I told her my reason. And she said, what part of that, uh, uh, and that thing was computer science, just putting them to it. Uh, it was computer science. She asked me why I was going for computer science. I told her the, the way the world is going, especially in Nigeria, like I use Nigeria as a, a point of reference. Uh, things are going, like, you know, the, uh, uh, tech is the ne- next big thing, actually. I was able to see that then. Um, mm-hmm. I told her, yeah, tech is the next big thing, and I really want to be part of it. And I believe, you know, with, my, uh, with, with a degree from the U.S., I'll be way ahead of the game because, you know, you, my U.S. degree being valued very well uh, around, uh, around the world. And that would give me a foot in the door when I get back to Nigeria to, uh, to, uh, to start up my career. And so, okay. because, yeah, because back then I actually had this big dream of uh, starting up a tech company, which I haven't given up on that actually. So I, you know, uh, go study and find my way back, you know, settle in America and come back home and see how I can make things happen. So, yeah, I did that. Uh, that was a student visa. I got here and I studied uh, for some time, you know, uh, had some challenges. I had to um, stop. Then I went back later to actually finish up my degree program, and which I completed. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, the, uh, that was a student visa. Uh, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. I feel like you and I, we did a back another episode to, you know, basically give Nigerians um, an idea of things to expect when it comes to going for interviews, you know, because I feel like you, because you, you are the perfect person because you've been there twice. Um, but I, I want to ask you really quick, if you can please summarize real quick, what do you think was the thing that was different the second time? Because obviously the first time you went, you were denied and it was short. You were, you know, you were devastated. Like most people, this is a feeling that a lot of Nigerians feel when they leave the embassy. You know, so a lot of Nigerians can definitely relate to that feeling. So what do you think was the difference? What, what made a difference the second time? Do you think it was sheer luck or do you think it was just something that you did different or something that has to do with um, the laws or immigration rules changing or something like that? What, what do you think was different the second time around? Um, I think the second time around, uh, I, I, I put it to luck. Luck played a big part because uh-huh. I, yeah, I got a chance to be asked questions. Like I said earlier, the first guy didn't ask a question. He basically okay. asked, oh, why, why are you going to America? I said to study with school. I told him he just denied me. So, so the second time I was given time, I was given, you know, a chance to uh, uh, express myself. Mm-hmm. And so the more, the more she asked me about things, consigning computers, which I was very good at, uh, good at. the more yeah. I explained to her and I told her, gave her specific examples uh, from um, even the way, uh, like I could remember talking about mobile uh, Java application programming and stuff as yeah. of back then. 
and yeah. knowing our classes that I was going to be taking in school. I haven't even been to the school. I knew classes that I was going to be uh, taking in school. So, okay. yeah, she asked me all those. So, uh, then so it was, just, have, it was luck. Uh, part of, I, I can't play out, I can't say uh, to live out luck. Yeah, I, I'll put it, you know, it's, it's part of luck. Luck is part of it. You know? Okay. Uh, yes. All right. Thank you very much. Like I said, um, I feel like if, if you don't mind, I feel like we, we need to make a, another episode talking about the whole immigration process for people who are going through it so that they know things to, they know what to prepare for, you know, since that you've been through it twice, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And going back to you, going back to the question that I was asking you before. So you did mention that you're moving, you're at least you're the, the, the two times that you came to America it was relatively effortless compared to what a lot of Nigerians can relate to. You know, most Nigerians associate coming to America, especially America, you know, but abroad, but especially America as very tedious. It's very tedious, very time consuming, very expensive, and very almost impossible for most people. So could you please share with us really in, in quick summary, what are some of the privileges that you had that boosted your opportunity, you know, like bo boosted your chances? Like, did you have travel history? Is this something that has to do with your family wealth or relationship with Nigeria? You know, because I know that's one of the questions they ask you. Do you have something that will take you back to Nigeria if you're applying for an immigrant visa? I realized, I mean, from, from the conversation that I might be a bit out of touch when it comes to these things. Apologies for that. But yeah, I did have a bit of travel history. I had been to the UK, I had been to Canada before okay. uh, Before that time. Uh, and my parents had also been, both my parents had also been uh, very frequent travelers, I would say. So uh, that might have to do with uh, the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't think my case is a very typical case. <laughs> And <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> at least <clears throat> not in this regard. So I would probably just leave it at that. And uh, okay, yeah. that's, that's fine. And also to answer that question, the previous question for me, I moved to America at 15 years old. I came through my parents, and at the time, my parents, both of them, were American citizens. And because I was a minor, and both of my parents were citizens, mine was basically guaranteed. So I didn't really go through a lot of the um the stress most people go through i did go through an interview process because they just wanted to see my face and ask me like little questions about my parents also my siblings at the time were also born in the u.s so i was basically the only one who wasn't a u.s citizen at the time so mine was relatively easy so i wouldn't really compare my experience to most nigerians experience moving to america and also i was coming to america with an immigrant visa which is different from a non-immigrant visa so going to the next question, Hope, if you don't mind summarizing really quick, um, what was your first time in America like when you first got to America? Was that surreal? How did you feel? What, what was that feeling like that first day landing in America and the first few days landing in America? Hope you can answer that. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> that, first, that first day. Okay. This is not to, uh, to uh, okay, bro. I landed in America. Okay, I was like, okay, wow, okay, this is cool. Given uh, uh, because of, uh, because of the the, uh, sky, uh, the high rise buildings, the skyscrapers, uh -huh. and I was like, okay, this is cool. 
But once we got on the road with my brother, I was like, hmm, is this the America? That was the feeling I had. So in my mind, like, I was just like, so this is the America. Like, you know, because they, you know how they sell the American dream to you when you are, for people who, who come from Africa, I don't know, for other immigrants, for like, if you live in Africa or if you live in Nigeria, like you are meant to believe America is this almighty place, you know, is this wonderful land, this la-la land that you need to be, or you, you, you don't exist or you don't belong to the class, you know? So mm-hmm. when I actually got in, uh, I was like, okay, is this the, uh, the America? That was the feeling. But at the back of my mind, I was grateful to be here. I'm not going to lie. But I, at the same time, I was just like, I, was, I really asked myself that question, is this the America? Because I got on the road. Done, uh, 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 there was good roads, good road connections, good road network. Mm-hmm. And, but like deep down, like, you know, it's, I think it's just something that comes with mind. Like, you know, once you achieve something, you want to achieve something higher. Like that is such a good goal to achieve that comes with human nature. So my so are you um, saying that you weren't as impressed as you know you you expected to be when you first got here? Some part of me, it, it's kind of like uh, a dream you've had. Oh, I would say dream. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like something you've been thinking about, like <clears throat> that I've come to realization. Then you be like, mm-hmm. oh man, is this what I've been even struggling for, or is this uh-huh. what I've been uh, trying to uh, uh, get to all this time? So but don't you think? Don't you think that also? Sorry to cut you off. Don't you think that also has to do with um, what part of America you you got to the first time? Because some people land in New York the first time, Los Angeles the first time, um, Nebraska the first time. Don't you think that has a lot to do with it? I don't. Th- I don't really think so. Uh, because let me tell you why I don't think so. Because I landed in Houston, and Houston, uh, I uh, I saw the uh, the high rise buildings. And I was impressed. So I, I was impressed, don't get me wrong. But just that feeling that like, okay, I'm here now. Why, okay, what? You know, like, like okay, I'm now? here now. What? Yeah, what, what now? now? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. What now? So yeah, that was the feeling, actually. So that was my experience. Okay. Um, for me, at 15 years old, that was, my fir- that was my first time leaving Nigeria. So it was very surreal for me um, when I landed in JFK in 2007, it was very cold. It was, it was October, it was fall. And for, for you probably know this, both of you know this, the code in America is different from the code in Nigeria. It's a different type of code, especially depending on what part of America you're landing in because of low humidity. So it feels different, you know? So it was very surreal being there. I had never seen that much cars. Or I had never seen that much um, neatness all in one. You know, all at once, I saw a lot of things that, especially living in Nigeria, I lived in the East, you know, so it's different living, it's different living in Nigeria, living in Lagos, but I lived in the East, I lived in Abbas, so I was really exposed to a whole lot of things until I moved to America. So moving to America was my first full-blown exposure to, not that we don't have civilization in America, in, in Nigeria, but I'm saying that as to the scale of, interna- international scale, Moving to America was the very first time for me to see that firsthand. So it was very surreal for me at 15 years old. And for, I'm going to just skip you for this question because you, you, you had already traveled um, prior to moving to America. Um, you've been to the UK, Canada. So this question is probably not fitted for you. Um, but I would ask, though, Hope, when, when you, after you moved to America, got settled, you know, dealing with your papers and dealing with school and things like that, Moving back to Nigeria, or at least visiting Nigeria for the first time, how was that? Was that what 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 was that experience like for you? 
when you after you settled in America and we had to move back to Nigeria to visit family and friends and family, how long did it take? Was it a tedious process? Did you have to readjust? What was that like for you? Um, did I have to readjust? Def uh, definitely. Uh, I, I went back to visit after four years. And in that space of four years, a whole lot of change. Uh, one was social media. Social media was out in full force. People were using social media like uh, everybody had access to phones, to smartphones. Mm -hmm. People were on Twitter. People were on, on Facebook, on WhatsApp, and just name it, Snapchat. Mm -hmm. So I could remember being a young kid. Uh, I have uh, some family members who lived in, in, in the U.S. before. So I could remember getting a letter from someone from uh, in america is like uh it's a joyous thing and getting mm -hmm. a call getting a phone call it used to be an appointment like okay go to this place uh this location or maybe a neighbor's house or somewhere uh this person's house i'll call you by 12 nigerian mm -hmm. time you know you, people you have people you know you go to go what you have family members who go away for that kind of call so yes. yeah that was how it was back then so uh, in our time, things have changed. People had access to you. Where people had access to us living in America, like you literally didn't really feel no because. So for example, people you haven't seen in four years, uh, mm -hmm. you you talk to them on video. You see their faces. You talk. You know what they look like. You know what hairstyle they have on. And mm -hmm. you basically know what, what they're doing at that point of time. So in that point of time, so. So basically, because of social media, people back home are not as far. They're not as distant yes. as, as they used yes. to be back in the day. You know, because remember back when we were kids, you'd have yes. to actually wait for your aunts to come back, your uncles and aunts to come back from Nigeria to show pictures of our cousins and things like that, you know, yes. and then to get an update of what's going on. But now, yes. because of Facebook and Instagram, you can basically watch everybody doing everything. You can yeah, see real yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it yeah, didn't, it. It didn't yeah. really feel like, you know, you were gone for too long. But yes. were there certain things that you noticed were different though, like, you know, aesthetics that you never really noticed prior to leaving um, Nigeria, you know what I mean? Because you really didn't have anything to compare Nigeria with, but because you've lived in America now, moving back to Nigeria, were there certain things that you noticed were different that you didn't really consider it was different back then? Maybe aesthetics, people's mentality, the way people talked, what people ate, maybe even the way places smelled, you know, people and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh all of those you mentioned, yeah, I've noticed a whole lot of change. Uh, aesthetics was part of it, and uh, some places looked different, and some didn't. Some, so some actually looked worse. Uh, infrastructure, for example. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And these are so things I, that we didn't really think was a problem prior to when we lived in Nigeria, right? Yes. So exactly. I met I met roads that were uh, that were in 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 decay condition. Like you can't even imagine people going through that every day. And um, I went through uh, uh, people. Okay, the way people, the way people think, people, um, people's mentality, uh, it changed somewhat. But this is where I put it. Dealing with youths. Let me start off with the youths. Uh, mm -hmm. People of people of our generation. So they, you have everyone. Uh, I can like you know work work. Everybody's work. And in that work, people are trying to be. Um, people are somewhat. Uh, uh, somewhat like we're coming to some uh, to to ideas, and mm -hmm. in the same sense, you have people who are being hostile on the same way because you it's literally you're trying to marry up two cultures you know, into uh, a very dynamic society like uh, Nigeria. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have people being exposed to Western media and Western culture trying to manage that in. And some people get discharged for the way they choose to live their life. So yeah. uh, I saw that in people. A lot of people have become more welcoming to some things that you wouldn't hear of, you know, growing up. And uh, I saw that in people for sure. I'll say, i put it this way. I became an adult here. Okay. Like a like fully grown adult. I became a fully grown adult in America. I mean, I was adult, an adult back in Nigeria, but still a youngster. So uh, when I went back, I, uh, I was treated differently. Uh, that entails my, that I was, uh, uh, because I came to this country by myself, actually. So, and I lived here by myself. And I didn't get carried away in any way, in any sort, sort of way. So I guess they, a lot of people respected me for that. So when I came back, I had old folks speaking to me, discussing, having discussions about that uh, they wouldn't originally have had with me if I haven't uh, approved myself. Let me put it this way. I think I approved myself that I'm level-headed, kind of. You know, I'm level-headed to have... uh, uh, like uh, I'm responsible. Maybe yeah. they believe they could talk about things with me. Like yeah. I had uh, some people discussing, uh, some grown folks, uh, not necessarily family, uh, discussing marital issues with me. And I'm here. Yeah, I'm advising as young as I was. Yeah. You know. So yeah. So that was what I meant by older folks. And so in in Igbo we say it will dim awoko. Yes. 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 You're now a no. man. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, I understand that your case is a little bit different because you've been, you've been traveling since you were younger. But um, considering the fact that you've lived in the UK, been to Canada, been to all these countries, what are some of the things that you would say um, you've noticed after you've gotten older with your travels that are kind of different with Nigeria, or at least Nigeria, Nigeria and Nigerians in general that you've noticed over the years through your travel? Not necessarily when when with the when you moved to America the first time because I know your first your travel to America was not your first time leaving Nigeria. But what would you say are some of the differences that you've noticed over the years? Yeah, I, I think uh, what Hope was talking about is also I can really connect to a lot of the things you're talking about. The the fact that your when you live abroad for some time, mm-hmm. you get to see and experience the world in a way that is very different from what people in Nigeria are doing. And sometimes it affects the way you see the world. And you see some things that you had maybe held to be sacrosanct based on the things that your parents had told you Mm -hmm. as a child. You get to see them as more, as just one alternative theory of and then there are many others for example and you also realize that <laughs> a lot of the cultural aspects so like just like you said the way adults relate to children in nigeria versus the way uh, relate to younger people versus the way they do in in the u.s is totally different and when you see those two that difference, those two, that if you want to see that difference, you mm-hmm. instinctively pick one and see and decide which is more, which works for you better. Let me say. So for me, yeah. that was there was a lot of that going on in the sense that I realized that there's there was just a lot of 
things that we took for granted in Nigeria mm-hmm. that yes. weren't really what they, they were supposed to be. Besides the, of course, the obvious, the amenities, road, but there's also a mentality aspect to it as well. Of course. Things like uh, not challenging your elders, speaking the French, being over being to differential when you are in the presence of of uh, older people. At least for me, that was something that I had to continue to correct myself. And you have to actually have a code switch if you if you are in there. So yes, yes. America, yeah. you talk to a lecturer in Nigeria, and you just have to know that. <laughs> Otherwise, you're on your own because yes. you don't say come from America. You don't, you don't have manners anymore. But honestly. Which which is which 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 is better is a it's a philosophical argument anyway. But I felt I preferred the way people relate to each related to each other in America, and because I preferred that, sometimes when I when I got back home, I would, I mean, my parents would they would say funny things like ah this one has forgotten everything though this one has but they would say jokingly so it wasn't it wasn't traumatic or anything. Yeah, yeah, but you meet but my my myself and my friends that we went to high school together, we just weren't the same anymore. And even till now, there are mm-hmm. many things about the way I see the world that is not the same, just simply because I mean we've had different experiences. Mm-hmm. That is so true. I could totally relate. Uh, like I mentioned, I left Nigeria when I was 15 years old and I, I moved back. I, I visited for the first time after 10 years in 2017. And I was, that was my first time seeing Nigeria as an adult and also as a, as, a, um, as a person who was more exposed to Western culture. So, of course, I noticed a lot of things. Matter of fact, I remember talking to one of my childhood friends and I told him that um, one of the things that I noticed that I felt like the, the buildings were like rotten you know i felt like the buildings were rotten everything looked so dilapidated the roads were so messed up and these are things that you know back living in nigeria of course even as especially as a, as a child but because i had never left nigeria I, I didn't really have anything to compare nigeria with it wasn't so much of a problem until i moved back to nigeria i was like yo people are really living like this so it was definitely a shock for me you know so i do appreciate um your inputs. I do want to uh, and um, welcome Mr. Chiamela, one of my friends that was supposed to be here earlier. He had a, a few other endeavors going on. Thank you very much for joining us. So Chiamela, basically what we're talking about is um, moving from Nigeria to America and basically sharing some of the real aspects to the transition that a lot of people in Nigeria are oblivious of. So if you could please introduce yourself real quick and tell us how you came to America, what kind of visa process you went through, um, and also what your legal status is in America, if you don't mind. Yes, um, actually, like you said, like you said, my name is Chemela, and um, <clears throat> I've actually been in the uh, United States for about eight years now. So I'm a legal resident here in the state of Michigan. So right before I actually moved to the United States, um, it was a, uh, you know, it was in 2012, actually, the summer 2012. Uh, the visa process, um, it was actually a visa lottery. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So um, when, I, when I got the news, I, I felt like, um, should I even do this? I, I don't think it's going to work because a hard American visa is really very hard to process and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, but at some point I'm like, okay, I just took the courage and then, you know, took the um, um, 
uh, certificate they, they gave me, you know, to be able to process the uh, I-55 visa and I went to Lagos. Of course, I have some family in Lagos, so I stayed over there and, you know, took care of the process. And, you know, it wasn't really that hard for me. You know, I, I really, it wasn't really that hard. So right in there too, there were a lot of people, you know, being denied for visa and, you know, things got a little, <laughs> I got a little nervous about it. Mm-hmm. So, but at the end of the day, I, I did get one and, you know, I moved here, uh, I stayed with my uncle, uh, Chief Cyril, mm-hmm. uh, who happened to be the former Secretary General of Wadibo Congress. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And um, he actually took me around the city. The first place I moved when I came here was uh, Detroit. So the... Everything looked absolutely very different. I remember him driving me around the city. Uh, you know, I was actually asking him, how am I supposed to, you know, know all these streets by name? How am I supposed to be able to get around and drive myself? He was like, um, it, it's just a matter of time. You know, you're going to get used to it mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it was, okay. the, tra- the transition was really very huge for me to handle because I haven't really left my parents' house. Yeah. Oh. You know, okay. I've been, you know, under the custody of my parents, even after 20, 20 21 years. Yeah. You know, and also, it's probably your first time leaving Nigeria as yeah, well. Yeah, my first time living in Nigeria, you know, living in Nigeria, coming to the United States. So, mm-hmm. right before oh. I left, actually, my parents, everybody were over there crying and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And yeah, they were really crying, you know. But well, Thank you very much for sharing that. Welcome it's, it's, on board. I really, really do appreciate it. It's really it. a very great experience, actually, so far, you know. Thank you. Thank you. To deal with. Thank you very much. So um, some of us are citizens now. Some of us are immigrants, still have immigrant visas, and some of us were non-immigrants at some point. So my next question is, how do Americans view you as a foreigner in America? Even though some of us are citizens at this point, at the end of the day, we're still Nigerian. You know, people always see you as a foreigner. How do Americans view most Nigerians in America? Um, Hope, do you mind answering that? What has your your relationship or your interaction with with Americans been living in America, even as a citizen? Yes. So uh, it's been it's been it's been uh, it's been fun so far, and I haven't really met I haven't really been met with the public criticism like where I'm resisted uh, uh, in a public space. But I've uh, I've had my challenges. I've had my fair of challenges, fair share of challenges. But um, all the same, it's been it's been okay so far. So okay, and I know you were here just working for the most part, and also you went to school here. How how has that treatment been? What was your interaction with living in America as a non-immigrant? How would you say that your interaction, or at least your rapport, with most Americans have, have been? If you can kind of summarize well, it, I, I I had. I, I don't. I don't recall having any negative uh, interactions actually as an immigrant. The only one time I know that I would. So I mean, when I came to work, I was working in an office with a lot of my colleagues. But then you know how, because you are Nigerian, but then you're a black, so yeah. being aware of the whole. Yeah. The racial, the social scenario, advantages. right? So that was certainly something that I would say was was I I experienced from time to time. You know, maybe you somebody say something and you be like, oh, maybe they did that because, you know, you would always have that yeah. uh, undertone. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah. as an immigrant specifically, I, I don't I don't really have any I don't think of anything so 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 mm-hmm. remarkable. Uh, I don't I, I wasn't treated any differently by most people because I mean it was just a except for of course when I was being typically foreign and I would say funny stuff that most Americans would get. <laughs> and then I'll get a sarcastic remark, and you know, but that that's that's part of the course, really. Okay, um, I don't think I don't think the problem necessarily is being an immigrant, because in my opinion, America is basically overflowing with immigrants. We have immigrants from literally every corner of the earth, so that's not necessarily a problem per se. But I feel like a lot of Nigerians in Nigeria don't really understand racism. They don't know, or maybe they, now we're we're becoming more aware because of social media and the internet and news and things like that. But being a black person in a predominantly white country is still a problem because the black race has been marginalized for centuries. And as Nigerians from Nigeria living in America, not only do we have to, not only do we have to face the racism as being black in America, we also have to face um, a, a form of xenophobia from, um, from certain Americans, you know, people who are very anti-immigrants. So those are like two different social disadvantages that most Nigerians have to face in America. For me personally, uh, my interaction has been relatively okay. You know, I haven't really had much negative interaction. Um, I would say here and there, you will always have people who who are full of shit, you know, who have something to say, who have something smart, something smart to say. But for the most part, I haven't really had a whole lot of negative interaction or a negative rapport with most Americans because I'm Nigerian. But yes, I have had issues due to racism as a black man in America. And I think that's actually more prevalent um, than being um, a Nigerian. So that's just from my, from my experience anyway. Um, how about you, Chemala? Would you say you've had any negative relationship? How would you say Americans view you as a as a Nigerian American? I think how would you say that? Um, it hasn't been an awful experience for me uh, because um, I've had only a few encounters um, that actually didn't go the left. It, it went actually the right way. Mm. You know, considering that I'm African and then, you know, so it, it's been a few times I had an encounter with police officers and stuff like that. So one was in Jersey. I was driving, I was speeding to work. So um, a police officer pulled me over, you know, and yeah. majority of the people that goes into the building is like uh, white people and um, yeah. like, like the Jewish people because I think they're mm-hmm. in the yeah, so the guy was, he walked up to me, oh, I, uh, I tried to stop you and just get off. And so I tried to explain myself. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the way he approached me, um, I told him that I work here. He, he was like, uh, well, who do you work for? I'm like, I work for this bank over here. He's like, let me see your ID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I actually showed him my ID and he was like, um, okay. And, and then perhaps he, he actually understood my accent and did understand that I wasn't, you know, like black 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 american i was like a immigrant like somebody who came from nigeria so you know so he did let me go but i was really shocked that he had to go extra mile trying to see my work id mm-hmm. to be able to you know understand yeah that i work here I, you know i'm not lying and stuff like that but besides that i haven't really have a, i haven't really had an uh awful experience with um 
racism here in America. Okay, it's really interesting that you mentioned the whole, um, as soon as he heard your accent, he knew that you were in Black American. Would you say the fact that you had a foreign accent, an African accent, that was an advantage or more like a disadvantage? In your yeah, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it was more like an advantage to me because um, it, it, this is not the first time. It's been like twice. Uh, the second time police pulled me over, actually, I lost my ID. I had to show the police my um, a, phot- a photocopy of my ID, a driver's license, and then my Nigerian passport to validate. Yeah, you know, th- this is my ID. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Oh, you from Nigeria?" And then you know, he started a, a whole like friendly conversation instead of you know just coming to pull me over, give me a ticket and stuff like that. You know, we have like we had like really friendly conversation, and you know, it was it's been a few times it was an advantage for me. You know, okay. a few times I met the police, it was really a very so okay he's he's he hasn't been a oh. yeah i would i would say the same thing too with me um it's unfortunate to say, even though at the end of the day we're all black you know africans nigerians black americans we're all black but i've also noticed over the course of living in america um when people when americans notice that you're nigerian or you're african you're foreign you're not black american it's it's usually an advantage um, and I'm going to be talking about why that is an advantage in subsequent episodes. But for this this episode, yeah, um, a lot of times that ends up being the case. And I noticed this more so in an institution in institutional um, platform. I've noticed this at work and school. It's usually an advantage, but it's not always the case socially, though. I noticed a lot of times, um, especially within Black Americans, there's a lot of discrimination when they find out that you're Black and foreign, like Black from Africa. There's something that a lot of Africans or um, Nigerians specifically have always complained about when they move to America. The the reception isn't always positive, you know, especially from Black Americans. It's there because there's this unhealthy disparity going on between Black Americans and Africans in general. But that's a whole other conversation. But I'm glad to know that... Um, being Nigerian, though, for everybody watching, being Nigerian is not necessarily a problem in America. For the most part, the general reception, the general reception is positive, but profiling, racial profiling is still big in America. Um, being black is still a problem in America. I'm sure people have, looked, have heard about the police brutality towards black Americans, um, Black Lives Matter, hashtag Black Lives Matter going on. Unfortunately, systemic racism is still a thing and white supremacy is still is the order of the day. And every black person, you're basically guilty until proven innocent is unfortunate. But this is something that a lot of people from Nigeria have to keep in mind moving to America. It's not always fun and dandy, but, you know, that's something I feel like is necessary to talk to, to talk about on this episode. Um, the next question is, do you guys mind talking about things that you had to learn about America after you moved to America? Like things you wish you knew prior to moving to America, you know, like, cause I know living in America, sorry, living in Nigeria prior to moving to America, we basically had this idea that America was heaven, you know, everything is perfect in, in America, you know, gold plated, maybe not you, cause I know you've, you've traveled prior to coming to America, but for the rest of us that never really had much exposure to American lifestyle, we didn't really have a more realistic idea of what America is. We just saw America through movies and through our cousins and relatives that visited America. And we had this idea that America was just literally just perfect. So what are some of the realities that hit you hard when you moved to America? And maybe not necessarily in the first day, but in the first few weeks and first few years when, you know, shit got real and you had to learn the hard way. What are some of the things that you wish people had been honest with you from the get-go prior to moving to America? 
Hope, can you please answer that? Uh, yeah, I can. I can speak on that. So, uh, if I had known for sure that I was coming to America, like if I had known for sure, like you know how, uh, let's uh, how you are guaranteed that you are getting an American visa or uh -huh. an immigrant visa, I would have gone ahead to study nursing by any way mm. in in Nigeria. Yes. Uh, because what that does is not like um, so. To anyone listening, uh, if you're in Nigeria, it doesn't mean that nothing is the best job in America. Uh, mm. We have a new area like you know popping up in IT. People doing other big stuff. It doesn't have to be a predefined career uh, choice. So, uh, what nothing does for you? Why I mentioned nothing was it gives you quick money. Like it helps you with a, with a head start. So you get into America and you pass your NCLEX and, and you right away, you start making money. Money, what I, what I mean by start making money is money that is comfortable to set you up as an immigrant right away. You don't have to go through the whole uh, getting a low paying job that most immigrants have to go through. Most immigrants have to go through. Mm -hmm. if some people are doctors in Nigeria, they get here, they have to start working uh, minimum wage jobs but yeah. this is the stories you guys don't hear back from or you don't get to hear or people don't really yeah. tell you so that's one thing i wish i knew before i moved to america the second thing was uh um uh, uh this is it's based off on education too if i i knew i was coming to america for sure i would have opted to study for something else you know it doesn't necessarily have to be nothing i would say something like pharmacy you know um, yeah. all those time that was spent in college back in nigeria you could you know, one could have also have spent time studying a professional course as a pharmacy or that have to do uh, with uh, healthcare. So to help you, you know, get up, help you, to help give you a uh, head start. So, yeah, these are just the few that I, I could remember for now. Yeah. Maybe if I remember the other, other ones, I could actually chip in on. Let you I, guys feel like, know. I feel like there's a long list of things, you know, misconceptions about America that a lot of Nigerians are dead. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, another one. Like, you know, we feel uh, about when it comes to money, like, you know, the way money is made, people feel like, oh, since you make money per hour, that means you must have money per every mm. other day. Mm. You know, remember you get paid per hour. That's the concept yeah. that Nigerians have about America. Oh, you guys get paid per hour. You know, yeah. so they believe that once you're done for the day, they pay you like you a day, uh, like they feel like you are a day laborer, and they pay yeah. you every every day when you once you're done with your job. So that's not really how it works here. So yeah. you get paid bi-weekly or weekly or monthly or semi-monthly, depending on uh, your type of job. So that is uh, the second one, and uh, the third one is the misconception that America is a rosary place. You know, you come, you live your life to full mm -hmm. and enjoy everything. It's just money grows on tree. People mm -hmm. are just enjoying. The first time I saw homeless people in America, mm -hmm. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe my eyes. And I, think, I think that was the first day I actually got into America. That I landed in America was the first day I saw homeless people. You know, and I couldn't believe my eyes. I kept on wondering until date. I still wonder why. Uh, although now I know better. Let me not. Let me not sound uh, naive. I know better why people could become homeless. You know, there's a whole lot of reasons that yeah. people might even go through, and you will never get to hear about this. You know, it's a whole lot of reasons because in this country, one mistake can put you, make you homeless. Yeah. yeah one mistake can make you go back to where you came from, like literally going back through the trenches. 
So those are part of the misconceptions. You know, I'll give room for my, uh, my fellow, uh, fellow panelists to uh, speak on it so I don't end up speaking on all of them. Yeah, so, that, that's, that's fine. Thank you so much. I think you hit on, on so many important topics, you know. Yes. One of the things that hit me moving to America, I, I feel like this didn't really happen right away because obviously I was a kid, 15 years old. I was still in high school. You know, these reality didn't really hit me until, even though I was, I was still a kid, that was actually a huge advantage because most people who move to America move to America as adults. So those things, you know, just kind of hit them right away. Um, I was kind of eased into it. But even at that, I was not necessarily better prepared prior to moving to America. And one of the things um, that I realized about America is money is everything. This country is, money makes everything move. As cliche as it sounds, I feel like everything out here is out to get your money. And a lot of people back in Nigeria may or may not know this, but a lot of things in America are on credit. You know, I understand that um, in, in Nigeria, when a person has a home, that, that home belongs to them. When a person has a car, the car belongs to them. But in America, most of these things are on credit. When people buy homes, nobody has $500,000 or a million dollars to buy the homes cash. I mean, there are some people who do, but those are the vast minority. Most people are actually, you know, you have to finance your car, you have to finance your iPhone, you have to finance, you know, so a lot of things that we thought back in Nigeria that you may see your cousins posting on Instagram and Facebook, you think that they own them? No, they don't. The bank owns them, you know, or the whatever company you're loaning it from owns them. And you have to make a monthly payment until, with interest, of course, until that's done. Um, another thing too, I do like that um, you talked about the whole healthcare thing, the whole nursing thing. Yes, money is very important. It's very important that you have a, a stable source of income. And one of the most booming uh, fields in America is healthcare. I always talk about healthcare. I'm in healthcare, you're in healthcare. I know a few people who are in healthcare. Um, and, and, and healthcare, one of the advantages of healthcare is that it's so broad. You don't have to be a nurse. Even though nursing is, nursing, nurses are in high demand right now, but it's so broad and you can definitely fit your talent, whatever it is that you're calling this, into healthcare because healthcare is not going anywhere. So I always urge people to be very pragmatic when you move to America. And even when, even when kids, when kids are born and, and raised in America, to be pragmatic when you're choosing your degree, when you're choosing your career field, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to determine if you're going to be able to afford paying your home, paying for your home, paying for a lifestyle that you want to live, or if you're going to end up in the streets. And like you mentioned, homelessness, homelessness definitely is a reality in America because one little thing can definitely knock you off your feet. And nothing to America is so tracked, almost airtight. You know, in Nigeria, it's sort of like a, like a free zone. You know, you can disappear and nobody can find you. But here in America, everything and everyone is trackable. If you swipe your card in New York, you're being tracked. If you swipe your card in Houston, you're being tracked. If you buy this, you're being tracked. If you buy this on credit, even if you buy something on credit and you decide not to pay for it, you're being tracked and they can they can turn you turn your name or your social security number to the IRS and whatever income you make the next ne next year will disappear. You know, so those things are very trackable. Um, that's part of the reality of living in, in America. And I do like that you, you mentioned, you touched up on that. Anybody else wants to add something really quick to that, like really concise, because we're kind of short for time? Yes, I, I was going to add, um, you know, to me, I, you know, coming with an immigrant visa, I had a, a few stories about people who come here with visa lottery, talking about, oh, the government is going to provide you home, where you're going to stay, mm -hmm. they give you a job and stuff, you know. 
that's to me that's a whole fallacy. Like mm-hmm. I, when I got here, it was you know when I I, I was like where's this stuff then you know and then my uncle you know drove me to a, a different path and then that was when i knew what was to come you know mm-hmm. and then of course coming from nigeria i wasn't really ready career wise mm-hmm. you know i wasn't i wasn't really ready so if if there was one thing i would have to change you know going back to nigeria and then coming back again starting all over i would like to have a career you know you know that makes you not to start all the way from the back, you know, yes. and then try to walk your way to the front. And it's, listen, it's really so difficult, especially doing all this other stuff, mm-hmm. going to school, working. Mm-hmm. The time management was a, a, a problem to me. That was a huge problem to me. I had to juggle so much to be able to fit in with, uh, you know, managing my time and being able to, you know, get around things that I wanted to achieve and, you know, and get a hit on that. Okay, thank you very much for adding to that. I really do appreciate it. Um, The next topic I'm going to be talking about really concisely is what are some of the things that Nigerian Americans, like Nigerians who live in America, maybe either are born and raised in America or maybe Nigerians who were born in Nigeria and then moved to America and if they're thinking about traveling to Nigeria for the first time, what are some of the advices that you would give them? What are some of the things that you, you know, you tell them to look out for before they take that first trip back to Nigeria? One of the things to look out for, uh, not to be an alarmist, but uh, though now we are fighting for it, is uh, your security. You have to, uh, you have to really uh, pay attention to people around you, pay attention to your movement, and uh, kind of monitor your movement and where you where you go and where you are, who you're spending time with. So, uh, thanks to the whole insas uh, protesters here. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we put an end to that and the whole insecurity and all those that, that come with it. So, yeah, that's majorly one thing you should pay out, uh, look out for. Uh, for me, that's what I feel. And uh, then if you've been exposed to, uh, if, you sp- if you've been exposed to the food here, uh, you better watch out for what you eat. I was a yeah. victim. Yeah, not sure. that I... I was a victim to that. Water, you know, yeah, make water. sure you watch out for what you eat because you don't uh, you don't want to go and try out everything. You know, I mean, you could if you feel like you're okay or you are very versatile with food, you could go yeah. ahead and try everything. You know, for me, I was born I was born and raised in Nigeria, and uh, after four years living here, I went back, ate some sort of food. It was hell for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, and and so basically, that's just for me though. So I would also add vaccinations as well, because there's a lot of, um, you know, malaria, typhoid, fever. Those are still very common in Nigeria and a few other um, yellow fever as well. Those are still very common in Africa, not just Nigeria, Um, just to protect yourself. Cholera as well. There's a lot of vaccines um, that is advised to take before going to Nigeria, especially if you're going from Nigeria to another country. Because I remember last year, I was flying from Nigeria to South Africa and they wouldn't let me on the plane to South Africa unless I had my yellow fever vaccine. As opposed to if I was coming directly from America to South Africa, it would be okay. So those are little things to take, you know, to watch out for. Also, another thing too, water. I would always advise people to make sure you have bottled water. When I'm, when I'm traveling to Nigeria, whoever's picking me up from the airport, I always tell them to bring at least one bottle of water in case I, I, got, I get thirsty for, on the way from the airport. So, and, and the final advice I'll give to anybody trying to move back to Nigeria or trying to visit Nigeria is 
just remember that you're not be Yankee, you know, levels there, you know, just because they don't they Yankee, they, they know me say uh, that I just live in Nigeria. It's unfortunate for me to say that, even though it sounds really funny, you know, at the end of the day, it's the truth. You know, a lot of things work in America. Those things don't necessarily work in Nigeria. So it's important to re, you know, recalibrate your brain to know that this is no, you're no longer in America. You're now in a totally different territory and adjust as, uh, accordingly. That's what I would add to that. So um, the last two questions I have, and then we'll be done, is um, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you think a lot of Americans have about Nigeria and Africans in general? Yeah, um, one thing that I know, and this might sound a bit obvious, is there is a lot of people don't know a lot about Africa. And when you say you're from Africa or you're from Nigeria, there's this misconception that you're from, mm -hmm. uh, you know, very backwards. I mean, the, the, the perception of how backwards Africa is can be quite jarring. <laughs> I'm sure everybody has that story that they, that they must have heard yeah. somewhere. That, that, that is one that we, at least, like with social media, a lot of people are getting to know what, is, what the world is like now. But mm -hmm. I know that I personally had experiences like that where you know, people ask me really, really, really offensive questions about where I'm from simply because yeah. that's the image they have. Gods, the gods are not to be, I mean, the gods are not to blame or something like that. Those movies from that time. So that, that, there's always that. Um, and then, of course, the other bit, which is the uh, 419 angle, the fact that many of us are fraudsters. That's unfortunate. We're talking uh, an image that we have to acknowledge and continue to challenge. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, yeah. But then the on the on the on the positive side, a lot of people do acknowledge and and say that Nigerians are quite hardworking, quite intelligent, and we tend to be uh, to live up to that more often than not. So that's also uh, on the on the good side. But yeah. Okay, thank you. I, and I've talked about this briefly on other episodes where I talked about um, some of the negative images of Black people in general, the Black race, but specifically Africans and Nigerians, it comes from the media. I blame media Hollywood for this, for um, showing these negative images of Africa. And also I blame our corrupt politicians for perpetuating these negative images because at the end of the day, our uh, corrupt politicians these are the representatives of Africa when they go to these high meetings, you know, in China and the EU in in the, in the Americas, these are the people that the, the other races get to see. And I feel like, unfortunately, we get judged by these people, unfortunately, without realizing that we're not, we're more than our leaders. You know, we have very strong, very strong minded, very strong. We are very intelligent you know, hardworking Nigerian men and women in every corner of the earth. I've, I've actually been to, I've actually met Nigerians in New Zealand, you know, and I'm pretty sure if you were to go to Antarctica, you'd find a Nigerian doing something great out there. Go to some of the top universities in the world. We have Nigerians busting their asses and doing great things, you know. 
So I do blame that on the media and also blame that on our corrupt politicians for perpetuating negative images of Nigeria. But thank you very much. The very last question I do want to ask is, I do want to add, what advices would you say you would give to Nigerians in diaspora, like Nigerians that live outside of Nigeria? One thing I would add is, I just want the people, Nigerians in diaspora, to be more honest and more direct and communicated to people back in Nigeria. Because I feel like there's a lot of, um, they call it packaging. And to me, packaging is lying, you know what I mean? We're not really being very honest about the reality of living in America. A lot of, I've seen a lot of Nigerians that live in America, not just in America, but Nigerians that live outside of Nigeria, make it look like they're having a good grand time in whatever country they're living. But in reality, they may just be washing plates or being security guards. And there's nothing wrong with those, you know, but at least you don't have to lie because I feel like when you keep lying, you have the people back in Nigeria putting a lot of pressure on people like us who are working so hard because at the end of the day, cost of living is totally different in Nigeria than it is in America. If I make $3,000 a month, that's a million naira in Nigeria. But you have to also add, look, I have to pay rent. I have to pay bills. Uh, you know, I have to pay taxes. I have to pay insurance. And these things are literally every month. So literally every 30 days, I have to take money from my bank account to give to somebody else in order for me to have a roof over my my, my head. So I would say, I would challenge Nigerians and diaspora to be more honest. You know, you don't have to spill your beans. You don't have to tell everybody about, you know, your situations in America. You know, if you're struggling, you don't have papers, you don't have to say all those things, but please don't lie or at least don't inflate the truth because that just makes the rest of us look bad. What else, does anybody else want to add to that? Or do you agree or disagree? I have I have something different to say. Uh, my thing is, uh, if you're a Nigerian, please uh, get away from the habit of saying, what am I going to Nigeria to do? Uh, the reason I'm saying this is this. Uh, Nigeria belongs to all of us, unless you're the type that chooses to get lost in America. You know, I, uh, I know you, everybody on this call, I've had personal discussion and interaction with, um, and we've discussed about this thing before. I'm very passionate about Nigeria. I still believe in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And I choose not to be, an, uh, I choose not to exile myself. You know, like it's something called self-exile. Like nobody kicked me out of Nigeria. Of I course. I choose to go back here. So please don't be an exile. Don't go into self-exile. You know, go back home and get to see things for yourself. Even if you don't go back to where you come from, Launching, stay, you know, just touching, uh, uh, stay in Abuja or Lagos or mm -hmm. any major city around. Then spend two weeks, spend a weekend, some days. This is those natural re uh, resources that we have in Nigeria, like those beautiful locations. And you, you don't have to see your family or your members of your family if you choose to. You could come back to America, but like it's something that you could do to appreciate where you come from. Uh, the reason I'm saying this is you need to see pictures, that, uh, the things that we have in Nigeria to be able to appreciate Nigeria. Everybody's running to uh, Anuche. I know we've talked about this before. Everybody, everybody wants to go to Dubai. Everybody yeah. wants to go to Europe. And you have places like Obudu Cattle Ranch. You have like uh, places like in Lagos. Uh, uh, they, uh, you have Ankara Game Reserve and you have Olumo Rock. You have those, uh, uh, you have those, uh, 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 how do I put it? Like we even have UNESCO World Heritage Sites in Nigeria. Like, and I, we haven't been there. And well, we also somebody, have waterfalls in Nigeria. We have waterfalls. And we can't yeah. even talk about Nigeria properly, like to give a foreign account of what Nigeria feels like, looks like. 
except yeah. that we have bad roads. Yes, we could talk about that all day. We don't have lights. Yes, we could talk about that all day. But can we comfortably sit a foreign a foreigner down and tell them about the beauty of Nigeria, like things that can be you know that we have access to in Nigeria to convince this uh, fellow to come invest or to come actually come check it out. There's money to be made in Nigeria. It takes a whole lot. Yes, you have to be on ground. Do not start the business if you can. Don't really start a business if you're not on ground. Um, this advice came from Mr. Basil uh, uh Thanks to him, I just met him. It's, uh, it's somebody I just met, you know, with his, this whole SARS protest. I just met him and he gave me, and he told me how he lost almost uh, $100,000, you know, doing business in Nigeria. But that would be a story for another day. And uh, yeah. So yeah. the, the biggest advice he gave to me was if you want to start a business in Nigeria make sure you're on ground. Don't come in as a big boy. Don't come in as a big man. Do your homework. Talk to those boys that you yeah. feel like uh, they are the boy boys, you know. Be friends with them. They are the ones that know the, what we call in Igbo, we say Appian way, you know, they, they know the shortcuts. And yeah. shortcuts doesn't really mean you, you're taking the shortcut, but they know the business processes and because they have their eyes on ground. So yeah. that's all I really want to add. Please don't be an exile to your own country of birth. Go home often if you can. Take your kids home if you can and visit. Even if you don't go to your village, if you have a village, even if you don't go there, go visit Lodge in Abuja, stay two weeks, use your PTO and go there and come back. You still, uh, you won't, I tell you and I, you won't regret it. Uh, you, thank you. I, I do, I do yeah. agree with everything you're saying. Um, but like you said, that's a whole nother conversation for another time because there's, um, there's a lot of processes to it. You know, you have to be realistic because um, Nigeria is not like going to Nigeria is not like packing up and traveling to Miami. You know, it's a totally different place. So yes, I do agree that people should revisit and go home. But I feel like um, a, a huge sense of pragmatism needs to be um, evoked in order to be able to pull that out successfully. You know, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, Ho Ho Hope and uh, Uche, I think you guys uh, said it all. You know, uh, regardless of Nigerians, uh, Nigeria as you know, flow as a as a country, you know, there is still so much more to explore in Nigeria. Nigeria have a lot of propensities to like, you know, give you the kind of life you want. And also, uh, I also personally believe in. Um, bringing things back home, like, um, you know, owning things back home, just like Hope said, you know, you, you really have to have like trusted allies, like trusted people to be able to run any kind of business in, in Nigeria, being someone that lives in America. So, but, you know, my whole thing is um, talking to other people about Nigeria, I give very positive remarks about Nigeria because I still believe in Nigeria, like Hope said. Um, I also you know, maybe time in the future when I have my kids, I, I want to take my kids to Nigeria, probably if I can, every other year, you know, uh, and stuff like that. So Nigeria is really a great, a great place. Um, and I'm going to continue giving that good remark, you know, until we get to where we're going to, you know, Nigeria can be, you know, better than what it is. Thank you very much, guys. We're really out of time. Any very last remarks? Because we're out of time. Just, you know, just make it concise. Yeah. Um, I think you guys have said it all, and I'm really, it's really wonderful to hear guys, you guys living out there, being this excited about Nigeria. I live in Nigeria, and I totally agree with you. There's a lot to be here. There's a lot of potential, and we all have to just come together to ensure that we, we achieve that potential. So I'll keep it very short. 
still a lot to say, but maybe for some other time. Thanks a lot, uh, Jay, Hope, uh, and everyone for, for this opportunity. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. I, this is my very first panel discussion. I really do appreciate it. If you guys enjoy this, we can definitely try again and talk about different topics involving Nigeria, even involving America. But thank you so much for tuning in. I know that it's been a very busy weekend for you guys, but thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, have a All good right. evening, okay? All right, okay. thank you. Thank you for All right, having thank us. You. Thank you for having me. Good night. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Hello again, everyone. This is the end of today's episode. If you enjoyed what I'm about, please make sure to download, subscribe, share with your friends and family. Uh, And if you're new to my YouTube channel, please make sure to also hit that bell notification so that anytime I upload a video, you'll be the very first to be notified. Please make sure to share your comments down below as well. You can also email me at letstalkwithuche at gmail.com. My Instagram and my Facebook are Let's Talk With Uche. My website is letstalkaboutus.org. Thank you very much. Until next time.